ESPN Pittsburgh. On behalf of Braden, the lead snowflake on the Crowley Show, I hereby declare that UCF is the national champion that this radio program will acknowledge. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Bama's got all the five-star recruits, so many so that the coach can sit his 2016 SEC Offensive Player of the Year quarterback for a true freshman, and then that guy goes out and beats one of the best defenses in the country. They've won five national championships in the last nine years. Nick Saban will go down as the best coach in the history of college football, maybe college sports, and certainly one of the best of all time. But a lot of that has to do with Bama being Bama. The SEC carries so much clout, US UCF, pardon me, didn't even get a seat at the table. As good as Alabama is, they are beneficiaries of big-time confirmation bias. They got into the playoff this year because they're Bama. They didn't have a great resume. They weren't conference champions. They got in because they've got that italicized A on the side of their helmet in that cute little roll tide saying. Now, once they got in, they got healthy. They had some extra time to prepare. Nick Saban's one of the best ever, as I mentioned, so they kicked ass. But they only got in because they are who they are. I've often said on this show that even though the listening audience is born in the United States, we're all born in different countries. Some babies are born addicted to drugs. I, on the other hand, was born at McGee to great parents, had a great childhood. I was born privileged. Most of the listening audience was born with some level of privilege. Not only does that exist in real life, it exists in college football as well. Would UCF beat Bama, please? (laughs) No. UCF's good, but Bama's going to send 12 players to the National Football League this year, according to Todd McShay. The system's broken, though, if a team that goes undefeated doesn't even have a shot to play in the big boys tournament. Bama's earned a lot, but they've been given a lot, too. UCF earned everything that they could have this year with their schedule, and they didn't get a seat. What bothers me, and probably not a lot of you, is that there are 128 FBS schools. All are supposedly at the same level. But about half actually have a shot. There are 65 Power 5 conferences, or Power 5 teams, in those conferences. That's privilege. Is USF better than Iowa? I think so. Is UCF better than Iowa? Hell yeah. Is Memphis better than Mississippi State? I think so. But because they don't play in the Big Ten, they don't play in the SEC, they don't play in the ACC, they don't play in the Big 12, they don't play in the Pac-12, they get looked at as inferior. And we've all just accepted that. We've all been conditioned to think that in the SEC, every team farts rainbows. In the Big Ten, it's not bad offensive football. No, you don't know what you're watching. It's just great defense. UCF could have contended in either of those conferences this year. They beat the team that beat both teams that were in the national championship game. But here's the cry from ESPN and from all the national media members. Schedule. The schedule. What about the schedule? They didn't play that hard of a schedule. In reality... 
The only reason the schedule seems more difficult for those Power 5 schools is because we've always been conditioned to believe that Power 5 is greater than Group of 5. ESPN and college football created this mythical championship. It used to be mythical with the BCS. It is still mythical. You just added two teams. UCF being left out despite a perfect record, that to me is a crime in a sport that's filled with injustice. Anyway, 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. A lot of Steelers to get to on today's show. Mike Tomlin spoke today. Ben Roethlisberger didn't. He usually gets on with Crook and Phony at 11 o'clock, and they do the little gab thing, and Ben sets the narrative. Today, no Ben. And from what I understand, he was supposed to go on with DVE on Friday, as he does every week. He's canceled this week's Friday appearance, too. Today, it was a quote-unquote scheduling conflict. I wonder if it's a quote-unquote scheduling conflict on Friday. Point being, I think the Steelers don't want a different narrative getting out there. I don't think they want to prod the Jaguars any more than they've already been prodded. I don't think they want him talking about the Patriots, given that that could be the second team that the Steelers face in the playoffs. And I'm okay with all of that. More on that coming up at 440 here on the show. My man Mike Pursuta will join us at 6. Yeah! DVE Mike, baby! Maybe the favorite guest of the Crowley Show. Certainly up there. Tim Benz in the conversation. Will Graves, he's also in the conversation. He'll join us today at 420. But before we get into any of that Steelers stuff, I owe Alabama an apology. Not for my opening rant. Not for saying that UCF deserves to be national champions. They don't, because they wouldn't have won the national championship. They deserve a seat at the table, in my opinion. But yesterday I called Bama boring. Yesterday I said, Bama, eh, I'm sick of them. And I still am. But they're anything but boring. What the I'm hell was sorry. I talking about? I feel bad. I do. I always look at Nick Saban as this drill sergeant. That didn't change last night. But I look at him as this guy who is risk-averse, very conservative. He's got more talent, and he just allows the talent to go out and win. That hasn't been the case in the last two national championship games that they've won. Against Clemson, onside kick to start the second half. Ballsy. And in this game, he sits Jalen Hurts, who is a good player, one who was the 2016 SEC Player of the Year, for a true freshman. That is anything but boring. And that is anything but gutless. That is anything but conservative. That is, by definition, balls. Saban's got balls. It was one thing when Saban was just conservative Saban. You could beat that guy. I don't know if you can beat risk-taking Saban. And now it looks like they've got a quarterback with this Tua guy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Not to mention, Bama's got dudes who are pushing Jake from State from in the back of the head. They got dudes who are choking each other on the sideline. They had a dude out of a seizure on the sideline. Everything Bama did yesterday was anything but boring. They deserve all the credit in the world for winning that championship, for coming from behind, down 13 points, 
for withstanding the kicker's two missed field goals. That game was great, and the ratings were outstanding. Now, the ratings typically reflect how good of a game it is. When this kind of stakes are on the line, when it's for a national championship, albeit a mythical one made up by ESPN, it's appointment television. And this game lived up to the hype. Unfortunately, it started late in college football games, run late. So my wife was asleep next to me in bed. I'm watching on the TV. My dog's asleep in the middle. And when Bama missed the kick, I gasped. Both of them woke up. So the dog starts whimpering. My wife's trying to smack me in the head. They fall back asleep. Overtime happens. When the sack happens, when Tua goes down, I'm thinking, you stupid idiot freshman. It's all come back to bite Saban in the ass. I still like the gusto. I still like the testicular fortitude. I still like the fact that he did it. But I was thinking this freshman just cost them the flipping game. Until the next play. When Georgia couldn't figure out how to run a cover two properly. What the hell? You got to jam that kid off the line. And then if you're the safety, what are you doing? You've got one half of the field to play. Play on that half. And this Tua kid drops it right in. Hell of a finish. Because I went from believing with absolute certainty that Alabama was going to lose the game to watching them win in 15 seconds. That, to me, is great TV. That, to me, is why we watch college football. That, to me, is why we watch sports. And I owe Alabama an apology because I said they're boring. False. I'm wrong. That game had everything you want. The first half wasn't great to watch, but both defenses will smack you in the head. There are five-star players everywhere. Todd McShay came on before the game, and he said there are 20 players in this game who are going to go in the National Football League in this draft. So who knows how many there are going to be overall. I was entertained. The country was entertained. In Alabama, I apologize. 412-922-2874. The one thing I am worried about is that now fans who already call for backup quarterbacks irrationally to come in and play are going to do it out the ass. Ban just threw three interceptions. Time to put in Landry. Yeah, how about no? I thought Jalen Hurts took it well. A lot of people are giving Jalen Hurts credit for being classy after the game as he was smiling and he ran right over to Tua and congratulated him on multiple occasions. I think there's something to that. Good for Jalen. There are some online, including Pete Prisco from CBS, who I call Pete Prisco, who said, Jalen Hurts shouldn't be smiling. He got benched. Shut the hell up. I'm tired of young people always being the bad guy no matter what they do. If he celebrates... He's a bad guy because, oh, he got benched. And back in my day, no one would have been happy if they got benched. The other side of things is this. If he pouts and mopes and looks upset that he got benched, then everyone's going to say, oh, man, what a selfish jackass. Sometimes us young people can't win with the old folk. And this is one of those instances. I got your back, young man. I like Jalen Hurts. I like what he did. I would have respected him either way. This is the way... That makes it look best for him. And he was sincere. He was enthusiastic. He was a big factor this year in them getting to the national championship and winning it.
So he should have been happy. Shut up, Prisco. You jackass. But there's another layer to this that I haven't heard anybody discuss. Nick Saban gets all these five-star recruits to come play at Alabama. Why? Because they see that these young players can have an impact. Not only do you have a pipeline straight to the National Football League when you leave, you can win national championships when you're there, and you can play from the beginning. Tua comes in from Hawaii. He's never played a meaningful snap in his life in college football, and all of a sudden it's the second half of the national championship game, and he's slanging the rock? Yo! You're telling me that other freshmen or upcoming freshmen, rising freshmen, aren't going to see that and say, I'm going to go to Bama. Because all these other coaches are telling me, you go to Bama, you're going to be sitting there for four years. Because you got to stick behind all these other National Football League players. You're going to be sitting behind future All-Pros. You're not going to play. And all these kids need to do is say, actually, look at the tape. Look at the National Championship game. Ah, I can play. I can play and I can contribute and I can be a big reason why maybe they win a national championship. Nick Saban does a lot of things well. Nick Saban, my God. He's going to get everyone playing for him. I was just downstairs with my buddy Tom, sometimes a contributor to the Crowley Show. And Tom said, oh, Georgia's got to be favored next year, right? Georgia's got to be right there. Georgia's going to be really good. And I just chuckled. He's right. Georgia's going to be really good. But guess what? So is Bama. Because Bama's going to have better players. And the dude who just beat them, that quarterback, the Tua guy, I guarantee you he's on everyone's Heisman list. This guy is going to be the flavor of the week, the month, the eight months leading into the college football season. You can't tell me that Georgia's got to be excited right now. They missed their opportunity. They blew it. They blew it. They're not going to have another chance. Two was a true freshman, and he looked that good. Let's see how he looks after a year of practice. And then another year, because he can't come out for two years. Maybe I should continue to loathe Bama. I will. You know what? I do loathe them. But my God, I do respect them. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. As I mentioned before, Ben Roethlisberger did not speak today, as he typically does. And I think this is good for the Steelers. I'll explain that coming up at 440. Up next, my man, Will Graves from the Associated Press. You're listening to The Crowley Show. No Ben Roethlisberger today, as he did not speak to Crook and Phony. Steelers not allowing him to set the narrative, at least in my opinion. We bring on now Will Graves from the Associated Press. What say you to that, Will? Uh, I think it's not a coincidence that Ben didn't talk, and all of a sudden Tomlin's availability today, he only had about 15 minutes worth of questions to answer. I don't think that's a coincidence. So we're just hiding... These guys now—that's the—that's the PR strategy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say hiding. I don't know. Maybe his kids are sick. I mean, you never. I, I'm not going to say there was some sort of foul play, but I think Mike was certainly relieved. And you know, I, I think that in general, I think what we're after all the crap that this team has sort of put itself through this season, uh, with its inability to sort of 
get its story straight or keep its mouth shut. I think these guys are going to get pretty boring in the next two weeks. I think so, too. I think that's probably the right thing to do, and I'm not going to begrudge the Steelers if that's the idea. You don't really want to anger Jacksonville, I suppose. Uh, you don't want to be talking about New England a couple of weeks out. Clearly, a couple of questions would have been asked about Ben Roethlisberger, or from Ben Ro- uh, of Ben Roethlisberger. Pardon me about the New England situation. So best just to avoid all that. I but suppose. Is that just a whole lot of nothing? By the way, can we just can we just put that out there? The the the, the, the Patriots thing is a big load of who cares. I care. Why? I think it's interesting. I, I think for once in his life, Bill Belichick doesn't have all the power that he thinks he has. And, and maybe this is his way of sort of getting even, but, I, I mean, I just think, you know, from a journalism standpoint, and, and, and Seth Wickersham's a really good reporter. He's better than I am. He's got a better job than I am, deservedly <laughs> so. This is not to cast shade, at, at, but it's sort of like, you know, we used to use anonymous sourcing to, like, take down government, right? Like, deep, like legit deep throat stuff. And now it's like, guy, it's, it's, it's basically guys peddling influence uh, you know, you can figure out which agent likes which reporter the best, depending on who gets the, you know, alert on some random 10-day NBA contract of a guy you've never heard of. I mean, there's just a, this is a lot. There's a lot of smoke here. This is just something to fill the gap and a buy. I mean, they just and all it really did, to be honest with you, is probably piss the Patriots off, which is kind of the last thing if you're trying to beat the Patriots that you want. So I, I just it, it was just there was nothing. There was nothing in there. Nothing in there. You don't think me. you don't think that any of it had any credence. I mean, it's just who cares? I mean, you, you. I've been married twelve years, okay, and I've been with my wife for seventeen. And trust me, and it ain't, ain't all been you know unicorns and rainbows. Same person. Yes, the same person. Okay. Um, it, you know, it ain't all been unicorns and rainbows. When you get two when you get a group of competitive rich guys in a room together for a long time, stuff happens. But doesn't it, doesn't it point that they are human? Doesn't it make you realize that they actually are whenever they've been painted so long as robots? I never thought that. I don't know. I never thought. I, I, it was more calculated. Their roboticness was calculated. It's not that they're robots. They just, this is the corporate front that they put out there for each other. It's like, it's like Tomlin, okay? Like Mike Tomlin is as engaging and as personable as you can imagine when you don't have your recorder on unless you're Tony Dungy, and, <laughs> and then you hit record, and he starts talking like a cop, okay? And that is entirely, and that is Mike, you know, Mike doing his job. Mike is safekeeping his job by being pretty much as boring as possible most of the time. I think he almost like, I think he walks in there on a, on a given Tuesday and thinks, all right, well, this is the week that I'm going to, you know, like the Hollywood Henderson thing, right? I mean, like some of the stuff he, he absolutely saves, but for the most part, you know, He's going to talk. I mean, I had a a couple questions for him today, but you know what? I could kind of tell where he was going, and it's just not even worth it. It's just not. I'll get it it from the locker room. You know, so I I, I just thought it was nothing. I just thought it was, this is just, you know, it's not as bad as, like, the LeVar Ball stuff, but it's just, uh, there's nothing there. I mean, to me, it becomes something if Bill leaves to take the Giants job. You know, to me, I think they're sort of due. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the Steelers are going to go up there and beat their ass. Whoa! Uh, in in a couple of weeks. I mean, I, I just think it's it's sort of, and you see this happen from time to time. You see this happen where a team, this is not a great 
version of a Patriots team. Okay, it's not. It's, not. Um, it's a pretty good team. I mean, I think we can look at the rest of the conference and say, well, the rest of the conference is kind of garbage except for these two teams, right? So I just think that the Steelers are sort of due. I mean, I, and you know me, I am by far, I am far from Homer. I just sort of see this coming. I can, it, it, it's almost like I see this as a, you know, the end of uh, the Godfather where there's going to be a settling of all family business. I just think that this is sort of, you know, and if this, if this Wickersham thing sort of is a thread that, that maybe unravels them, but do you really think that all the crap that's been thrown at them for 18 years, that some story on ESPN.com is going to rattle, rattle them? I just think they're not that great, and they're going to get lit up. If they so, win the Super Bowl, they're going to be looked at as the team that was fueled by this piece, and if they well, lose, yeah, yeah. they're going to be looked at as the team that unraveled because of it. And here's what I think. It doesn't have any effect on them. Uh, and even what's going on, if all that is going on, if Belichick is going, uh, or pardon me, if Brady is going over the head of Belichick to Robert Kraft and all that crap, if that's happening, it's still not going to affect the way that they play on Saturday, and it's not going to affect the way that they play on this Sunday. Spoiler alert, they're not losing to the Titans. It's no. not going to happen. Uh, they could play their worst game of the season and still win by ten points. You know, I, I just, but I think that's more speaks more to the gap simply between. I think in the NFC, I don't know if the Steelers or the Patriots will get out of the NFC. To be honest with you, I, I really don't. I think that's. A, but you look in this conference. I mean, I just think it's the, the gap, especially can Pittsburgh's best chance was to have the Chiefs win and then go to New England and win. That was their best chance in terms of like most advantageous circumstances to get home field. I mean, they're. In the, in the championship, it's obviously not going to happen now. But I, I almost think that that, you know, like how they say the only way out is through. I just think when you look at where the Steelers are playing, I mean, think about it. They're thirteen and three, and we don't even really know how good they are. You know, they've only had to be sort of as good as they need to be to win most games. That's why they had so many. That's why Boswell, Petheris, and Boswell's in the Pro Bowl. Well, I, I just think, think they're I... sort of due. To, I think they're sort of due to have one game where they just, you know, it all comes together and it looks like the second half of that. Uh, of the Titans game, which was by far their best performance of the season. And, you know, and all of a sudden, and they're going to Minneapolis. I mean, that's just, uh, that's just where, I, where I'm at with them. And, and like I said, you know I am not, you know, I don't wear black and gold. My son's actually ticked because if the Steelers go to the Super Bowl, he's like, I have to go away for a week, and he's unhappy about that. Yeah, neither so. are you because it's Minneapolis. Will Graves joining me here on the Crowley Show. Jacksonville is a team that I'm completely overlooking, and I know the Steelers won't. But it sounds like you feel the same way. They ain't coming uh, in I, here and winning I mean, that no, game. You know what? I said this to I said this to Dale Lally today. I think it was Dale. I, Jacksonville scares me more than the Patriots do. Whoa. I mean, I just Blake Bortles scares you more than Tom Brady. The, their defense scares me, but I, I think I would imagine, and this is what I was going to ask Mike today, but it came very obvious that he did not want to quote as to borrow a phrase, litigate the past. I think they're going to – if Le'Veon Bell has less than 35 touches, I would be stunned. I mean, I, I just think they've got – they didn't get him the ball. They abandoned the run way too early in that game in October. Um, I mean, way too early. And, and I think you're going to see him get a heavy workload. And I think that is going – they're going to – they're not. I don't think they're going to win 30-4-10. to 4 to 10. I view it as a 20-13 to 13 game, but that's fine, you know. I, I, so I, I but it is a, it's going to be it's going to be tighter than people think. I'm I'm convinced of that. I agree to a point. I, I don't think you can abandon the run. I mean, the first time they threw the ball fifty times. I mean, that was ludicrous. But and they, and they bailed early. I mean, it was they, they, one pick six makes it what thirteen nine, 
right? Whoa. And then they keep they keep running, they keep throwing the ball. I mean, and then all of a sudden, three minutes later, it's twenty to nine, and then they stop running completely. I, I with with what four minutes left in the third quarter, they panicked. I mean, that was by far that was the first time all year they. I mean, the Chicago game was a little weird for a lot of reasons, but I mean, that was really the, that's really the only time all year they've been pushed around. It was. You know? That being said, I'm coming out, and whatever Jacksonville gives you, you take it. If they're going to stack the box, you can beat these guys throwing, too. I'm not saying totally abandon Le'Veon Bell, but I don't want to see the Steelers coming in and play scared. I think the Steelers are better offensively than Jacksonville is defensively, and I think you can beat these guys if you get to 24 points. So I wouldn't play scared. I wouldn't just turn around and hand the ball to Le'Veon 35 times. Mm, well, I mean, maybe it's 25 carries and 10 receptions. You know, I mean, maybe that's how you get it to him 35 times. I wouldn't I, be conservative is, is all is what I'm saying. Well, I I think... Oh, you're wrong! You're wrong, Will Graves! <laughs> sure. Sports radio, you're an idiot! How dare sure. you think the opposite way of me? Will Graves, Associated Press, which is not as good of a job as the dude from ESPN, joins me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Will, when you look at... Ben Roethlisberger now at the end of his career. Maybe not the last year, but this is the kind of game that you, you can't you can't lose. If you lose to the Patriots, at least you lose to the Patriots, and people will crucify him for that, but you can't lose the precursor to that game. No, and and, and I think he, you know, I mean, I, it's, he, he needs, I'm assuming he's approaching every week as if, as if this might be it, right? And I think he, we saw, the guy we saw, you know, he had, what, five picks in the Jacksonville game, and he had, what, 12 in the other 15, 14 right. weeks he played or whatever. I mean, I think that it's fair to say that that was an anomaly. I think he wants to prove something. I think the Jacksonville defense is really, really good. But if Antonio is even at 85%, Juju is so much better than he was then. Martavis seems to be in a good spot. If Vance McDonald is healthy, which he appears to be, I just think they have – He's got too many weapons to screw it up. You know, the, I mean, Gilbert's playing. Hubbard didn't play horrifically that game, but, I mean, they have, like, zero excuses, and I think Ben knows that. Mm-hmm. And and I think he's going to – I think he's going to be – you know, I think he's going to be okay if they win 20-13. to 13. You know, I think sometimes they can get a little caught up in, like, how good they might be, and I, that's what I think happened in the first time they played Jacksonville. They're like, what do you mean these guys are stopping us? Let's just keep throwing it. Even though they're the worst, they, even though they have the uh, worst rush defense in the league at that time, let's just keep throwing it because we're the Steelers, damn it! And oops, you know. So you know, I, I think we're not going to hear too much chirping from the quarterback about the playbook or the game plan or whatever. I, I think. Well, we're not going to hear from him at all. Apparently, uh, it's going to be a kumbaya <laughs> for a week, and 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 then we'll see. Will Graves joining me here on the Crowley Show, all sportsy today with Mister Graves. Eh. But that's okay. That's what the people want right yeah, now. But it's something. It's something to talk about. You know. I mean, it's like of, of import, right? I mean, it's not just like, well, it's Tuesday and we got to find. You know, let's talk about the Penguins' power play in January or whatever. You know, I mean, no disrespect to them, but let's just let them play for a while. Let's not try to make every every shift or every game a, uh, you know, uh, some sort of reset on where they're at in their season. Here's okay? here's some not hard-hitting analysis, and you don't need to be a big all-22 film dude to know this, but, bro, Blake Bortles sucks. He is, I uh, know, he's, he's not good. I mean, 
when you're talking about, I mean, the Buffalo's defense is pretty good, but he couldn't make passes out into the flat. To, I mean, he missed on like three in a row one drive, and it's obvious. About him, I'm almost sort of mad. Like, if you're going to throw him completions, throw him 40 yards down the field. You know? I mean, it's just, it, it's almost like they're trying to do everything they can to protect him because they know he's terrible. Um, and maybe that helps them win games. But, I mean, I, I, the weird part is, like, I think it's in his head. Like, they, he knows the game plan is so bad because they think he sucks so bad that his confidence is completely shot. And I'd rather just, you know what, chuck it. Test that Steelers defense. I mean, they were, they're giving up. They obviously they've been susceptible to giving up big plays. Go deep. May we you know, see that, Jacksonville punt on first down? <laughs> I mean, it depends on where the ball is. It maybe <laughs> it's possible. That might not be the worst idea, honestly. I kind of I mean, thought that you know how Jacksonville went for it fourth down at the one yard line. Yeah. I thought they were going to punt it from the one yard line. <laughs> Four, fourth down, one yard line, punt the ball. I mean, that is, that is the coaching staff saying we have to go for it here because this guy's never going to get us down there again, which he did not. By the and way. then they threw it. They put the ball in his hands because the entire world was expecting the ball to go to anybody else other than Blake Bortles in that situation. Uh, that was, to me, I mean, Doug Marone, what are you doing? The flip side is, like, his numbers, comparatively speaking, like, they're not awful. They're, they're he not. sucks. He stinks. I, there are guys running wide open, that, and I hate this. I, this is, again, such a sports radio thing. But there were guys so open, not that far away, that I feel like I could have completed the pass. I mean, a couple of them. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, like, literally, they're 10 yard passes. The guy is wide open. It's the fullback. It's going to be a four yard gain if he catches the ball. But, I mean, hey, it's a four yard gain, right? And, and I just, I'm literally writing something today. He had five runs of 10 yards or more. And five pass completions of 10 yards or, or I had four runs of 10 yards or more and five completions of 10 yards or more. The longest run uh, play they had all day was a 26 yarder where he fumbled at the end and the ball went backwards eight yards. You know, I mean, so yeah, he's not great, but you know, I, 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 the defense, the defense is great. I mean, their defense is legitimately Great. Blake Bortles is going to throw five picks. I'm calling it right now. He's going to throw five picks. Steelers win 30-9. Book it. Goodbye, Will Graves. <laughs> See you, dude. There he goes. Will Graves. Associated Press. My favorite thing about Will is that he can be long-winded, but I like it. He gets to the meat of the thing. But then at the end of the interview, you say goodbye. See you. That's it. No, okay, you have a nice day. Oh, we'll talk again next week. Oh, I hope the kids are all right. How's your wife? None of that. Okay, dude, bye. Concise. Coming up next, I've got a conspiracy theory surrounding these Pittsburgh Steelers, and I know exactly how they got to play against these Jacksonville Jags. It's the Crowley Show. I'm going to put it up to a vote. Going to give Joe and Brian an opportunity here to weigh in on the segment direction here. I'm going to get to the conspiracy theory that I have for the Steelers. I'm going to tell you exactly how I want to see the Steelers attack Jacksonville. But should I get preachy first? Joe, yes or no? Preachy or not? Yeah. Brian, preachy or not? You know what? I think there's more fire in preaching, so you go preachy, bro. I'm going to preach. Preach it up. So as you know, Kendrick Lamar last night played the halftime show. They wouldn't let him in 
The Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I wonder why. Actually, Kendrick Lamar is semi-political. Donald Trump was there. They didn't allow them both in the same building. I'm guessing that wasn't a fluke. It's the first time ever that the halftime show has been outside, not inside. So I think there's something going on there. But that's not what I want to preach about. What I do want to preach about is the thousands and thousands of white people outside the arena singing along to Kendrick Malar. Lamar. And all of them saying the N-word. I realize you're singing a song. You can't do that. Stop it. And it's very discouraging, honestly, to me. If you haven't seen the video, I tweeted it out. At underscore Adam Crowley. It's discouraging to me that it's young people who are doing this. Young people, I feel like, should have a better grip on that. Young people should know better than that. Don't do it. Man, it ain't your word. And it's the most degrading word that you can ever call somebody. And to sing it like that desensitizes everyone in that audience. To feel like that's okay, that's wrong. It ain't wrong. It ain't right. It is wrong. Right from wrong. That's what I'm here for. I will tell you right from wrong. It was just incredibly cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. And that's probably an understatement, but for me, when I watch it, I watch it, what, three, four, five, six times? Seven, eight, nine, maybe ten, eleven, twelve. I watched it a bunch this morning, and every time I wanted to vomit. Deft up, man. Disgusting. Let's not do it. Let that be a lesson for all of you out there. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I've got a conspiracy theory alert. Guess who didn't talk today? To Crook and Phony. Ben Roethlisberger. Guess who speaks at 11 o'clock every Tuesday throughout the season? Ben Roethlisberger. Guess what? Gag order. I'm calling it. And I heard that he canceled with DVE on Friday, too. Because we just talked to Slack. Today, the excuse given for the fan was, ah, he's got a scheduling conflict. Same thing Friday? Is it the longest meeting of all time? No, here's the issue. They did not want Ben Roethlisberger setting the narrative before Mike Tomlin's press conference because he's been doing it all season long, and now it's the playoffs, and hey, you don't want that happening. You want to be on the same page. Duh. And it's the 100% right thing to do. If that's what the Steelers are doing, and I have no doubt that it is, that's the right thing to do. They've had to deal with nonsense all season long. Hell, they had to deal with nonsense in the playoffs last year. If you'll remember, Joey Porter, prior to the Chiefs game, had a run-in with a police officer. That was a story. At the end of the Chiefs game, in the locker room, can't even make it out. Antonio Brown's taking video of everyone. I still can't believe he didn't get any nude stealers in that video. I mean, that is miraculous. This year, we know all the stuff they've gone through. I like to run through it sometimes, though, because it makes me laugh just how much there was. Of course, Mr. Rooney died. I wouldn't put that in the same category, but it does affect the operation of the football team. Not to be held in the same light as some of these other things I'm about to go through. But that happens. Then Le'Veon Bell didn't show up for training camp. Hell, you can even rewind and go to the draft whenever 
You got Juju Smith-Schuster drafted, and then you got Martavis Bryant complaining on social media and saying, oh, that's Sammy Coach replacement. That ain't my replacement. Okay, now fast forward past Le'Veon Bell not showing up. Ben Roethlisberger, if you want to rewind again. We're rewind again. There's so much. It's so much. It's hard to keep it straight. You rewind Ben Roethlisberger saying, eh, maybe I'll retire. I don't know if I'm coming back. Okay, fast forward now again past Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell not showing up. Steelers anthem issues. They lose to Chicago. Chicago's no good. They rebound. They beat the Baltimore Ravens. But Antonio Brown flips out and throws a Gatorade cooler. Ben then says on his radio show the next week, A.B.'s pretty much not a great teammate. You know what? I like Heath Miller. He was the best teammate I ever had. Great. So you got the quarterback throwing the guy who just threw him under the bus under the bus. That's great leadership. You move forward. You get suspension of Juju Smith-Schuster. You got Mike Mitchell railing. You got Martavis Bryant. He gets suspended. He's rattling off on Instagram. Juju's bike got stolen. James Harrison winds up a New England Patriot. Ryan Shazier gets hurt, which, again, I wouldn't put in the same category, but that's certainly a distraction. Marcus Gilbert suspended. Did I say that already? I don't know. It's hard to keep track. So you go to the playoffs last year, distraction, distraction, distraction. You go all through the season this year, distraction, distraction, distraction. Now, guess what? You've got... Two games to get to the Super Bowl. No more distraction. Goodbye distraction. We don't want distraction. And how do we make sure that doesn't happen? We tell the quarterback you're not talking. (laughs) Which I think is a reflection on Ben Roethlisberger, who likes to run his mouth a little bit. But I think it's a reflection on where this organization is right now, where they're going to say, please, for once, no distractions. This is the most important time of the season. Jacksonville's talking a little smack. New England's got their own issues. Ben would be asked about New England. Ben would be asked about Jacksonville. The Steelers aren't trying to ruffle any feathers. They're not trying to stir the pot here. Here's what Jalen Ramsey had to say about Ben's interview last week. Quote, I would want to play us too if I were him. We had five picks, and after the game, I think he was contemplating retirement. That's from a week ago, and it got back to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's a young team. They're a team with swagger. They eat this kind of stuff up. They like this kind of stuff. So you don't want to feed them. A.J. Boyd, good safety for Jacksonville. He said to Ben Roethlisberger, be careful what you wish for. Hmm. Steelers don't want Ben rattling off nonsense prior to the game. The Steelers, for once, don't want to be distracted. The Steelers want to keep their focus on the games. And you know what? That's 100% the right call. If it is a gag order, I'm 100% behind it. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Transparency being the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. I'm going to tell you how brilliant I am. I was sitting around mulling over topics this morning. Holding a cup of coffee, getting ready to work out so I don't have to get my belly button pierced, although that's futile. And I thought, Ben will say something. I'll talk about it on the radio show. He didn't say anything because he didn't show up. And I still found a way to talk about it, baby. That's how you go up 300% in the ratings. That's why all you snowflakes out there love me.
412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Kraut. Here's what I've got a lot of today, uh, especially from Will Graves in the last segment. Steelers need to play conservative. Don't turn the football over. Hand the ball off to Le'Veon Bell. Wrong. Take what they give you. If they're going to stack the box and try to stop Le'Veon, chuck it a bunch again. Now, don't throw it 50 times and only run it a handful. That's bad. It's not a great idea. Don't do that. But don't be afraid of them. Don't play scared. Just because they're talking a lot of junk and they've got a great secondary, do not play scared. Do not. Remember a couple of years ago, those Denver Broncos, they came in here. They were flying high. What they call themselves? The no-fly zone? I just said the no-fly zone was flying high. God, I'm great at this job. You can't score on us. They talked all week. Akib Talib, all those guys. They can't score. We're going to shut them down. That's who we are. We're going to shut them down. And AB had like 250 receiving yards. Steelers put up 30 points. In the playoffs, the Steelers attacked him the same way, even without Antonio Brown, even without without D'Angelo Williams, without Le'Veon Bell. They still slung that rock all over the yard, or slang it. Slung or slang. Don't matter. They chucked that thing. Just because another team's really good at something doesn't mean that you can't still be good at what you're good at. The Steelers' offense, in my opinion, better than that defense. Go out and get them. Joe in Cannonsburg next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Hey, uh, the only other distraction I, I think you maybe left out was when Tomlin was talking about uh, the Patriots like three games before. <laughs> There's so many distractions, <laughs> Joe. I don't know how to wrap my head around them all. Yeah, crazy year, but... Uh... I think I think there's something to this conspiracy, though. And I, when you say conspiracy, people think about it in a negative light, like it's this terrible thing that the Steelers are doing. This is, if they are having a gag order, and I don't know this for a fact, but if they are, I love it. For once, for once, make a week be easy for them. Yeah. Now, it makes things harder on me, but I can make a lot out of nothing. Thank you, Joe. All right, have a good one. Thanks. You too. Anthony in Oakland agrees with me. That can't be good. Yeah, I, I like you. You know, when the Broncos came in here two years ago, they were touted as a scary defense. Nobody wanted to challenge them. The Steelers fell behind, and they lit them up. And you attack them. And they would have done the same thing if A.B. wouldn't have got hurt and they wouldn't have lost D'Angelo if they'd have had to go out there to play an old Peyton Manning who couldn't reach anybody. And then this guy here, Bortles, is a bum. You cannot oh. lose to Bortles. You can't. If you do, somebody needs to retire, and somebody may need to get fired. Dude, I'm telling you what, Anthony, it's it's like you're reading my mind here, and it's like you're looking at the show sheet for tomorrow and Thursday and Friday as I try to string out the Jacksonville topics all week long. Something I'm going to get to tomorrow, Ben Roethlisberger can't lose to Blake Bortles. He's already lost to Tim Tebow. You can't be losing to Bortles, too. That's a black mark, I think, on a resume if you lose to those guys. And that got his offensive coordinator fired. And it should have, because that was a complete disaster. Ben, Ben, his head and shoulders above that Tebow, and, it, and he was playing. It was horrible. It, it's still a nightmare. Can't let a nightmare. And if it happens in your own backyard, then I don't know what to say anymore about this franchise. And Thank- I love them, but boy, that would be a disaster. Thank you, Anthony. He's supposed to thank me. It's common courtesy. I thank him. He's supposed to thank me. The hell happened there? Chris tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I one hundred one. Sorry, let me let me. 
I don't want to screw this number up. I 1 trillion percent agree with Adam Crowley. Need to shut up Ben and the team right now. They're giving maybe the best defense in the NFL fuel for their fire. I don't know how much this has to do with who's going to come out on top on Sunday. The trash talk. I'm not a huge bulletin board believer, but I do think Jacksonville will need it to thrive a little bit because they are an underdog and because they do have such a young defense and they can use the whole no one believes in us, blah, blah, blah. They're talking smack, blah, blah, blah. But I think the bigger thing is the Steelers getting asked questions over and over again and having their focus maybe wane a little bit. If Ben were to say something on his radio show and then now all us journalists, and I'm not a journalist, but all us media members, we file along and we say, here's what Ben said, what do you think? And then each player in the locker room is talking some trash on Jacksonville. I don't think that they want that. And I think they're telling them, yeah, maybe just just keep it quiet. Up next, we turn the page. Mike Pursuta will join us at 6. We'll be talking more Stillers and Jags then. But Sid and the kids, reunited? Well, not so fast, my friends. It's the Crowley Show.